Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello to everybody who knows that the Seton Hall Pirates are truly New Jersey's basketball team. It's beautiful, anonymous, one hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one, I think it'll be more fun, and I'll get to know you, and you'll get to know Hi everybody, Chris Gathard here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous, a show where we talk about the human condition one conversation at a time, and I love it, and I love that I get to do it, and I thank you for listening and allowing me to do it. I have some shows coming up. If you're in my beloved New Jersey, I've got shows July 27th in Morris Plains, August 9th in North Cape, May. I'm traveling out to Brooklyn on August 14th. That's a show where I have Claire O'Kane, Dave Ross, Monroe Martin, and Sarah Sherman from Saturday Night Live. And then if you're out west, Oklahoma City, August 17th, Dallas, August 18th, San Antonio, August 19th. ChrisGeth.com for all of those tickets. Now this week's episode of the show, an interesting one. I give the caller the business at a certain point. I, I think it was, I, I think necessarily so. Uh, the caller's a lawyer. Caller has, uh, I mean, you can tell from the title. The title of the episode is Sex Injury. So you can tell that there's a pretty epic tale about that. A lot of funny details to that story. A lot of funny back and forth. We also talk a lot about law and and how to protect yourself and your family financially in this world while also trying to box out some space to do good, I think it will be one that you enjoy. Enjoy it, everybody. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hi, is this Chris? Hi. Yeah, it's me. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, how you doing? Wow. Uh great i cannot believe this is actually happening um wow i got through um well super happy to be talking to you uh how are you doing uh pretty good pretty good yeah i've um it's hot in new jersey things are okay though everything's okay everything's fine that's how i'm doing you kind of emphasize okay in a way that's like you know, there's, I think there's a little too much emphasis on the okay and everything's okay, but that's okay. <laughs> well, you're a very astute listener. Yeah, look, I got a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. Uh, people are going to hear about that soon. And it's been a little, my life has been a little stressful lately, but everything is landing in a place that's very good. That's good, man. I'm happy to, I'm happy to hear that. If there's anyone who, who deserves it, uh, it's, it's you. Well, with, you know, making people happy all the time and all that. Well, that's so nice. That's so nice. Thank you. Um, I, uh, I, I will say I'm not going to spend this entire uh, hour um, just you know, talking about 
how much I, you know, love Rutgers University and being from New Jersey and the fact that we have those things in common. But hey. because I think no one would listen and you probably wouldn't publish it, but oh, I do have to mention that. Right Are you kidding? Young. Of course I would. Of course I would. Uh, what year did you graduate Rutgers? I graduated in, uh, in 2017. Um, along with, I should say, along with a very good friend of mine who is, um, who's also a huge fan of this show and was not like quite your neighbor, um, but was like a, a sort of your, your neighbor for, for a while. Um, and uh, I always told her I'd, I'd shout her out obliquely on the, on the show if I ever got on. So, uh, so anyway, that's a long answer to your question, but, um, I, I graduated in, uh, in 2017. <laughs> oh, 17. So after the football team went on its hot streak and people were much happier to be there, I graduated. Oh, two. It was a little more depressing. I do have to ask where was, where was this person, my neighbor, what era of my life? Morristown. Whoa. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, North, North Jersey people. Hope, hopefully that's not, that's not uh, too specific, but I will say on the, on the football team, um, it's, I'll say, I'll say two things on that. First of all, I, my, my parents went to Rutgers. I, I was going to like Rutgers games in like the late nineties, early two thousands when it was like 400 people in the stands. Like it's like 37 degrees and raining and there's like no one there and the feet are freezing. And, um, but I, (laughs) but you know, I got, I got, uh, I got my, stuff your face order down from the, from the age of six. So I was, I was ready when I got there. Ordering those bowlies. You're ordering those bowlies. Bowlies and the fat sandwiches too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then when I got there, the, the football team was good for like a year or two and then they reverted to form. And uh, I don't think people were super excited about it anymore, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, that's, that, that's, that's Rutgers, man. You love it. It breaks your heart at the same time. Indeed. We could talk about that <laughs> all day, I'm sure. We we could, we could. But um I do I do have a uh, a story for you. Okay. Um so I so I, I went to, to law school after I graduated from, from Rutgers. Um and when I was when I was in when I was in college, I was, you know, I was playing playing soccer, not well, but you know, I was playing it and I, I you know, injured my knee a little bit and um, you know, just kind of felt a pop didn't really think anything of it. I was like 19 when you're 19, you heal in like 30 seconds and everything's fine. And so I kind of continued on with my life. Um, and then, um, in, in law school, I, uh, I met, uh, this woman on Bumble and we, you know, one thing, one thing led to another. And, uh, you know, we, I, you know, we were, we were back in my apartment and, um, you know, we start, start going at it, you know? In a, in a, in a, in a sexual way, I should say. I figured. Uh, I figured. And, um, yeah, yeah, no, cool. I just didn't want you to think I was, I was fighting this person. Going um, at, like, yeah, but, like, we were going at it. Jenga. We were playing Jenga. It was really tense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we were, yeah, we were talking about, you know, about like true in era geopolitics. Yeah, for sure. Um, but no, so we, so we were, we were, you know, we were getting toward, uh, you know, getting toward having sex and, um, and I, I'm not sure how well I can describe this, but I kind of like, I don't know, I kind of, I was sort of like, I was sort of like sliding, I, my, I kind of like 
I was sliding back so that my kind of legs that kind of came like sort of out from under me, if you, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, twisted my, twisted my knee up and um, I felt like a, I felt like a pop. I should mention where there were like no clothes on in this situation. Um, I felt a pop and all of a sudden my knee just like locks up, you know? And, uh, and I'm in like ton of pain, but I'm not trying, I'm trying so hard, like not to like show her how much pain I'm in, um, because, you know, as I later learned, like I tore the meniscus in my knee pretty bad, um, from, you know, from, uh, from doing what we were doing. And this is the first time you had slept together. This is probably the second time I had seen her actually. Yeah. And this is the first time we had, we had been together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you blow your knee out. And, um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely blow my knee out. And I'm, I'm trying so hard to like, first of all, I'm like trying to like, like pop it back in place. Uh, and then I'm like, it, it, like that's not working. And so I'm sort of like, I'm like sitting there kind of saying like, okay, I, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know what this is. So you do stop, you do stop. There was, oh, Chris, man, there was, there was absolutely no other option. Like there was, there was no doing anything else, but like, you know, try to, you know, try to, try to clumsily rectify the situation and, um, and, uh, and, and stop what we were doing. Let's pause there. Cause we've all had our version of that, right? It hasn't always been a torn meniscus, but it's been something that's made us go. This needs to stop right now. Everybody take a moment and ponder what that was for you. We'll be right back. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Thanks to all the advertisers who helped this show exist. Now let's get back to the phone call. There was no doing anything else but like, you know, try to, you know, try to, try to clumsily rectify the situation and, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and stop what we were doing. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so anyway, so I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix this. And she's like, you know, she, 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 she she's so nice. She thinks it's like, all sort of her fault and I'm like oh it's like nothing that you did it's like I'm just like old and I have this issue and it's like she doesn't understand anyway so I'm like sitting there on the edge of my on the edge of my bed like you know absolutely absolutely no clothes on trying to fix the situation and eventually after like you know 10-15 minutes of this um I I'm like I I figure I I just got to get her out of here like there's there's nothing like there's nothing good that's going to happen here from this point forward I just got to like figure this out so I'm like trying to sort of, you know, softly like, like push her toward leaving, which takes another few minutes. Finally, she agrees to leave um, my, my apartment and she's like being very apologetic. And I'm like, don't, don't apologize. And then she, she gets to, she gets to my, she, you know, she gets dressed and she like starts walking toward my door. And then she, she like pauses like at, the threshold of my door and like looks back at me and goes completely seriously. She's like, well, aren't, aren't you going to like walk me out or anything? And I was like, no, like I do. You see like what's happening here. Like, obviously I cannot, I, there's absolutely no chance of me doing that. 
but the key, the key thing was I got her to leave. Uh, and at this point it's like, what, yeah, it's like one in the morning. And, um, you know, I'm, I was, I was living on the West coast at the time. And, uh, you know, I, I did, you know, although like my, my, you know, my family's back in Jersey, you know, it was 4am there. And I, I did what, what any, you know, person does like in their hour of greatest need, like when they don't know exactly what to do or who else to turn to. Uh, and I, you know, I called my mom, right. Even though it was a fram in, in New Jersey. So I, I called her up. I, I call her up still, still just, you know, you know, in a ton of pain trying to figure out completely <laughs> naked, trying to figure out what's going on here. I call her up and I, and I, I was, you know, I, I, I woke her up obviously. I, and, uh, she, she answers the phone. She's obviously like, what the hell's going on? Um, and I was just like in too tired and too stressed and like too much pain to think of a, a, a lie to tell her. So I just like told her what happened. Um, and there's, and, uh, you know, I should, I should, I should mention I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Jewish, which is not really relevant to anything that has happened previously, but it's relevant to something that will happen subsequently. Uh, when I, when I called her up and I told her the, I told her what had happened, she, she, there's like a, like a three second, like pregnant pause on the other end of the phone. <laughs> and then she just goes, <laughs> she just goes, um, well, was she Jewish? And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, do you, do you not understand like my, my situation here? Like, this is not, this is not what we should be, you know, this is not relevant. Uh, she, so I, so once I, once I sort of got her off that, I was like, you know, I asked her what you, what I should do. She's like, are you kidding you idiot? You gotta go, you have to go to the hospital. So I called the, I, you know, as I called it calling 911. I was like, please don't turn the sirens on. Like, it's not, it's, it's sort of an emergency, but like, not really. And then like, like six firemen, like carried me out of my apartment. I'm like barely wearing any clothes. It's like, it's the whole thing was just like, so, so embarrassing. And then I, uh, I just, this, this will tell you a little bit about the kind of person I, I am. And then I'll, I'll maybe pause for a sec. Like I, I had planned, so like this was this was all happening like the night before my spring break was supposed to start, and the next day I was going to go fly from the west coast to meet a friend in London, and we were going to spend like a week in like London and Amsterdam. And I was really looking forward to this, and so I get back from like the emergency room at like 4 a.m. and I get like two hours of sleep, obviously terrible sleep and like a ton of pain, whatever, and I get up and I like somehow some way like make it like an like an appointment with like an orthopedist the next day when I, when I got up and I, even in spite of all this, I like threw together like a backpack, like a, a hastily packed backpack, got this thing, got this thing on my, on my back, took my crutches and like hobbled to like an Uber to get to this orthopedist. And I show up there and they look at me and they're like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, Oh, I had this like, like trip like if I, I, have to, I have to like make this flight later today and they sit me down and they're like so i'm like you're you're not doing that like you, you you know you might be hallucinating but like you are not doing that uh and so you know i was like i had to tell my friend i was like look i can't exactly tell you why all i'm gonna tell you is like i cannot make the flight today uh and uh you know, eventually i i I, to, I i told her what happened um, eventually I, you know, even though I was in like in law school, we had, um, we had like, uh, we do like a storytelling event every year. And I like so, so committed to the bit am I that I, um, I told this, this, uh, this story to 
like my entire law school, like while I was on my crutches and had the knee brace and everything. And I get to like, I, now I, I'm like back in, uh, I'm back on the East coast and I, I get here and I was like, went on a couple of dates with this person earlier this year. And she was like, Oh, like I met someone from, from your law school who like, who, who had heard of you. I was like, Oh yeah. She was like, yeah. Is there any, like, um, is there any chance that like you ever had like a knee issue? And I was like, Oh my God. Like, cannot believe this is like my reputation now is like the sex injury knee guy. Um, but uh, that's, you know, it's, I can, I can talk about how it changed my outlook on some stuff. It was actually a pretty important experience in my life aside from, um, you know, aside from experiencing the, the joys of the U S healthcare system and, and having, you know, emergency surgery on your knee. But um, you know, I don't know if you have any questions about that. Oh, I have so many questions. I have so many questions. Um, first of all, epic tale. Well done. I, I, I will say that means a whole hell of a lot coming from you. I, oh, I'm going to carry that with me oh, uh, for a while. Thank you. Now, uh, first question is, you may have mentioned it. I'm keep, trying to keep track of all the info, but there, there was a tidal wave of information in there. The young lady who you were with, did you see each other again, either romantically or in passing? Absolutely not. Never saw her again. Never saw her. Never saw her again. Yeah. Yeah. Too ashamed. Too ashamed to reach out. I, I think she, she actually, to, I mean, to her credit, she like, she texted me the next day. Um, she was like, you know, asking if I was all right. And I, um, you know, I said yes, but like it was, you know, I, I don't think I was going to see her again. Like even like, you know, even setting aside the kind of interesting thing that happened that night. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was, I will, you know, I, I don't know if I'll get roasted in the Facebook group for this, but you know, I, I there, there was a little bit of shame involved in it. You know, I was like, you know, it, it, it was, it's a, it's hard to come back from that, you know, especially when like the next meeting I would have been like full leg brace, totally on crutches completely immobile. It would have been an interesting dynamic. I feel like the Facebook group is going to go, well, if you weren't planning on seeing her again anyway, then maybe you got what you deserve trying to sleep around. But who knows? Who knows? Consensual, hey man, casual things. 20s, yeah, you know? consensual, casual things are also allowed. They're also allowed. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm messing with you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, um, I, will, uh, I will tell you first, it completely, you know, I completely changed even just like a couple months of this like recovery completely changed my perspective on like disability rights and like the just the the sort of daily um like experience of, of people who who go through the world with with a with a disability that you know that that they live with all the time um you know like you you're in this situation and like you know i'm a very independent person you have to like depend on people to do things for you it was very uncomfortable and you know, every little tiny thing, like a, you know, a huge struggle. And you're like looking at like the height of a curb to see if you can get over it. I mean, like it really sort of changed, you know, I, I have a lot of, a lot of respect for people who, um, you know, who, who, who have disabilities, real disabilities. Um, but I will also say it really changed my, um, it, it really changed my perspective on how I wanted to, approach you know my my remaining youth and also just sort of time generally it gave me like a gr much greater appreciation for the fact that like you know 
um, both time and also like mobility, like time is like a, you know, healthy, like, you know, mobile person. And I like to hike and I like to bike and all this stuff. Like it's all really finite. And like, I, you know, I've done, I've like really prioritized certain like trips and experiences and, and things like that, that I, I don't think I otherwise would have. It was kind of like a weird carpe diem kind of experience in, in a way. Now, would I repeat the experience? Probably not. Like I, I would probably try to maybe attend like a self-help session or something like that. Like something, something that would, you know, involve like less rehabilitation. Um, but it was definitely, you know, it definitely was positive overall. That's a, it's a good lesson to learn when you're young to realize like your body's going to fail you. You don't have an endless amount of time. There's all sorts of things that you're able to do right now and you should probably do them because you're right. You had a knee blowout that taught you that. But for me, it's just getting older. It's just getting older and being 43 and playing with my son on the floor and he gets up and runs away and it takes me 30 full seconds to get up and run after him. <laughs> and I need to find something to grab onto. And and the, the amounts of times that I just stand up and make a noise in the process of standing up off a couch and I'm like, Ugh! and it's not anything I'm forcing. So that's a good lesson to learn when you're young. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, you, you learn it in, in like dumber ways too. Like, you know, when I was, when I was, when I was 19, I mean, you know, you know, you know, what uh, the, the party scene at, at Rutgers is like, I mean, I was like, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, like I would just sort of get up and my body didn't really recognize the existence of hangovers. And now at like 27, like I have, uh, you know, I have like, three drinks with an insufficient amount of water and like the entire next day, like my knees hurt for some reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it gets, it gets tough, man. It gets How tough. old are you now? I'm 27. And what kind of law do you practice? Well, um, so I, I'm a, I'm a litigator. So, you know, things like suing and being sued. Um, I, I work for, I work for like a, a law firm in, uh, in, in, this is to identify. I work for a law firm in, in New York City. Um, you know, one of the one of the fancy-ish ones, I guess. Um, and uh, and so you know, a lot of the a lot of the work is obviously like representing corporations and things like that, both as like plaintiffs and, and defendants. But uh, you know, honestly, I, I got to tell you, like what what I'm I'm really passionate about, and and I didn't even really discover this passion except for randomly. Um, is, um, well, it's like generally like representing individual people and helping people on sort of a one-on-one -on -one level, but more, more specifically, like I've done, um, like a, lo a lot of, uh, criminal defense work, like in, in federal court, basically acting as like a private public defender, which is sort of a thing that a lot of people don't know exists. You know, the court can appoint you like they would a public defender. Um, and, uh, and so I've spent like as much of my time doing that as I, possibly can. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you like the experience of, and I, I honestly, I know you're going to push back on this, but I think there's, there's actually like quite a bit of this in your line of work too. Like the, the experience of, um, of, of being able to say like, you know, I can draw like a straight line, like a clear, straight, bold line between like my labor, like my, you know, things I did, like words, I type jokes, I wrote, whatever. Um, and like making someone's day, year, life better, right? Like, they, like those like happy tears, like I, like there's a line between like me working and like them, them spending less time in prison or whatever. Um, and, 
I don't know, man. So like to, to, there were a couple of experiences I've had like along those lines um, that were just really like really transformative. I mean, I would almost call the feeling sublime. It's incredible. And, uh, and so, you know, I've kind of gotten addicted to that in a good way. It's probably the healthiest addiction there is. And um, so I've done, I've done as much of that as, as I can, but it's obviously, it's really, you know, it's really challenging work. And, you know, you go into, you know, you go into federal prisons and meet with clients and they're, you know, you know, you have to convince them to trust you because they've never been able to trust anyone in their entire life. And, you know, I'm like, just like a 20, 26 year old dude, you know, uh, who just, who they've never met before. So yeah, it's really, it's really challenging stuff and, you know, spend all your day winning, but when you do, man, the wins are so sweet. And wait, I want to, I'm finding this very fascinating. So you have, you have a corporate law job and then this is, this is stuff that happens under the umbrella of corporate law or separate from that, you also, you also do this when assigned? That's a good, that's a good question. It's basically, uh, it's basically moonlighting, you know? Um, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I do it sort of through my firm. Like my firm knows I do this and, you know, it's sort of, it's, you know, I do it through the, like the, through, through official channels. Um, but it's all stuff that like, you know, it's, it's not just a sign, like you kind of have to seek it out. Um, it's not always like publicized. You kind of just have to sort of know you want to do it and, and push for it. Um, similarly with like, I have like an immigration asylum client right now that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's obviously a different kind of law, but like a similar context, like helping an individual person and same thing, you know, sort of the complete opposite of corporate law. But, um, you know, I, I spend less time sleeping, but I don't really mind. Um, I love that. I'm fascinated to hear that exists. We got a sex injury and now this, because I'm sure you deal with this. And look, this is not all, there, there is no cliche or no stereotype that is fully true. We all know this. We're all smart enough people. But the cliche about corporate law is, okay, you go in when you're young out of law school. They hire a bunch of young people. They work them to the bone. And the people who can hack it at that pace and that schedule, it's kind of like the financial industry too. People who can hack it get to stick around and then you're in the club and you start to make money hand over fist. That's the cliche with corporate law, which is, you know, the side of, you know, there's so many jokes about lawyers growing up and lawyers being blood suckers and this and that. And people are pointing to that sort of cutthroat corporate law. So I, I have to say, first of all, there's no way that those cliches are all true and that I'm sure there are people in the world, in that in that particular world, who are nightmarish, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who aren't. But to hear that you went out, achieved, passed the bar, got through law school, these are not easy things. And then you said, okay, corporate law, there's going to be money in that. But if I'm going to do that, I'm going to also set aside some time to help with some things I believe in, and it will mean I sleep a lot less, but I'll get to do some stuff that I feel is good. I feel like that is a very realistic look at how to balance your efforts and balance your contributions, both in protecting yourself and your financial bottom line and your family's financial bottom line, your future family's financial bottom line, as well as doing some stuff that's for the soul and doing some stuff that's for the greater good. I think that's really realistic. Not everybody can be a crusader all the time. And to hear that you've set aside some time, that's realistic. That's real life. And I applaud you for that. Well, I mean, I really appreciate that. I, I actually, 
I guess almost like your your podcast host or something. You kind of led me right into the, the thing I was going to ask you about. Kind of the perfect segue. Um, you know, I've you know, as I've like done more of this, like as I said, like it it um, you know the experiences are so rewarding. Um, and and you know, I'll I I, I sort of come to I, I have this this recurring thought occasionally. And I want to I want to just preface this by saying like I I'm not trying to be like self-aggrandizing here. I this is just sort of how I think about it. I don't have a huge ego. Uh, like it feels, it feels to me like, you know, I don't believe in God, but just to like use the metaphor, like God has kind of given me uh, a gift, um, you know, a, a gift that like allows me to help people to like, you know, allow people to spend less time in, in prison or spend more time with their families or you know, whatever. Right. So I, I have, I have like a, a gift, not a unique gift, but a gift that allows me to help people. And, um, you know, I, I think to myself, like, what are the like moral implications of like not using that gift all the time? Um, and also it's obviously extremely rewarding and it would you know be wonderful to, you know, to, to have that all the time. But so, you know, I've, I've sort of been, the more I've done this, the more I've thought to myself, like, you know, would I ever be able to, um, you know, make, make a, a leap and a, and a pivot um, and, you know, spend a lion's share of my time doing this kind of work. And um you know, I just got to be honest with you. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, first of all, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know that it would be like the, the best decision, all things considered, you know, at the, at the time I would be at this fork in the road, but like even setting that aside, like, I don't know that I would have the stones to do it. You know, like, I don't know that I have the, the, the guts to like walk away from, you know, the, the comfort and the money I make now to take this kind of risky or unconventional, unconventional and much less lucrative path, you know? And, uh, I don't know, man, like, I, I don't have like a great specific question for you on this, but like, do you have any like guidance, thoughts, advice on that kind of thing? I mean, I, you know, you, for, for you, like there was no, it sounds like there was just, there was no doubt at all that you, like, you were going to be an artist and like, there's just no, there's no other path. Like you had to, you had to do it. Um, and I don't know that I'm quite at this, and you know, at that point yet, because I, you know, I, you know, I like my colleagues and I like what I, what I, what I do. But, um, you know, is there, I don't know, do you have any, any thoughts on kind of like when or if you might know that it's the right time to take a leap? Ooh, let's pause there. What am I going to say? When is it time to make a leap? Of this sort? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about my own answer on this one. I think it was the right advice. Who's to say? You guys will all let me know in the comments, I'm sure. We'll be right back. Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Thanks again to all of our advertisers. Now let's finish off the phone call. You know, is there, I don't know, do you have any, any thoughts on kind of like when or if you might know that it's the right time to take a leap? Well, I have a lot of thoughts on this, as you might imagine. If you've followed my work for 
you know, even five minutes. Um, the first thing I would say is you're already doing something. You're already taking some time. And one very sad fact about the world is that's more than a lot of people do. There's a lot of people who never take the time for others. Now, for some people, they're scraping together their rent. They're facing down problems that were handed to them by their family's choice, their parents' choices. You know, some people who just, it's, it's a rigged game and they got a bum deal. And I don't hold it against those people if they don't have time for other people. They're scrapping it out on themselves. But there are other people in positions like yours and mine where I've had some good breaks in the entertainment industry. You've had some good breaks. I mean, you're a lawyer. That's rarefied air. And it has been since the pre-revolution in America. We all know. Going back to Alexander Hamilton and John Jay, lawyers have always lived in rarefied air, right? Both in terms of esteem and financially. This is not news to anybody. A lot of people in those positions don't give a goddamn and don't ever lift a finger for anybody else. So you've already done some of it. So I would say don't beat yourself up. Another thing I want to respond to and what you said is you said to me, you know, it felt like I had no choice, that I had to be an artist and go make it happen. And there is some truth to that. And there is some romance to that. But I also want to be very clear. I'm not a purist. And I'm not somebody who's ever going to say, if you never make the leap to fully doing something like that, that there's anything, anything shameful or wrong about that. Because I'll also tell you this, I've had a happy life as an artist. And I hosted, like, just, not, not to pat myself on the back, but you'll see where this is going. I hosted my own TV show for three years. I've had an HBO comedy special. I've written five books that were all published before the age of 42. I've been on TV shows. I've been in movies. That stuff's all very cool. I'm glad that I've lived the life I've lived. Objectively, I can say that I've had a more successful artist's life than most. I can also tell you that I'm 43 years old now, and I have a four-year-old son. And in America, it's generally viewed as my responsibility to get him health insurance until he's 26. And I will say that I have immense amounts of pride in what I've done as an artist, and also at this stage of my life, a lot of regret that I didn't have more of a backup plan because I've been objectively pretty successful at it. And I still lost my health insurance a couple of years ago during the pandemic because the unions, they get raw deals. And the unions that provide our insurance, it's not always a sure thing. I'm not mad at my unions. I am sometimes mad at myself for walking a tenuous life and a life that was driven by me having to prove things to myself and prove things to other people, but not necessarily thinking about the world outside of myself for much too long into that process. So I do have some regrets. And I've actually started making some life adjustments to find some jobs that aren't in the arts so that I can have something more stable. So point being, don't romanticize my life as a way of like, when do I leap and go all in? Because you went all in. And I go, I did go all in. And it actually worked out better than it does for most artists. And I still live in fear about my family's health insurance in my mid-40s. It's not always ideal. I hope it doesn't come off like I'm complaining because I've lived a cool life. But do I have some regrets? Yeah, I do. I do. I would also say if you feel compelled and driven to go do the more selfless work 
and to find a way to adjust the dial where it's more that and less of the corporate stuff. Let's say you're in a unique position where you have the corporate stuff and you can lean into it as long as you want while you go and figure that out. And you can approach that with that safety net of knowing that you've seen this and you've done this and maybe maybe you can milk it financially for a lot of what it'll give you back. Maybe you don't leave that corporate life till all those student bills are paid off, right? I don't know if you got student debt, but between your BA and your law degree, I have to imagine you got it over your head. Maybe, maybe you milk that corporate money for all it's worth. But I actually would say the idea that you're making that corporate money and you're still helping people sort out their own immigration cases, sit there, I go, that's... That's what we need more of. That's what we need more of. We need more people to start splitting their time to go, I need to take care of myself. I need to take care of that. I also need to take care of the world because somebody's gotta and not enough of us are. So it sounds to me like you're really on the right track. It sounds to me like you're really on the right track. And if you ever make a leap into it more fully, I think that's an amazing thing. Also, if you don't, I don't think you should beat yourself up about that. I think everybody's got to take care of themselves. And then once you feel like you're on firm footing and you take care of yourself, I think it's every person's duty to think about what are the small realistic ways now that I have firm footing that I can help other people. I would actually say, people say my art stuff has helped them a lot over the years and that's great and I'm glad it has. But I feel very proud of driving an ambulance on Tuesday nights in my, in my town. I volunteer, I drive the ambulance. I go, that's what I can give right now. That's what I can give of myself. I can give of that time. So everyone needs to find a way. And it sounds like you are finding a way and you're thinking about finding more of a way. And that's a beautiful thing. But also don't beat yourself up if you don't find that way to go all in. Go all in. Because that's romantic. Yeah. yeah. But there's also something to be said for realism. And if you're willing to not sleep and it means you get to help other people along the way, sometimes the people who can help the most are the ones who have that firm footing. They're the ones who can help the most sometimes. And there's also an argument to be made. How many corporate lawyers are out there who are fitting that old, like, uh, you know, 80s movie image of like, make a ton of money, drive a fancy car, snort Coke on the weekends, that whole thing, who never give a shit about this. You're actually in that world. And there might be a real point of power of saying, I will be in this world and I will lead a charge on following, finding some altruism and volunteerism inside this world, setting a better example cracking it from the inside, something to be said for all these thoughts. These are not easy decisions for anybody to make. Well, I, uh, first of all, I have to say, I'm, I'm grateful to hear you say that, you know, because I might, I feel like I, I might have lost some people in like the first few minutes of like, you know, the, the, the not seeing this girl ever again. And I feel like you really rehabilitated my character there in a very important <laughs> way. Uh, <laughs> And uh, you're a very, you're a very generous host, and I, I thank you for that, Chris. No, well, and listen, and I busted your balls on that too, and I <laughs> said something that I think people might be when you said I probably wasn't going to see her again anyway. You got to own up to that, but also, yeah, th yeah. Listen though, listen for anybody judging. A lot of us in our twenties had sexual experiences where we knew. I feel I should I be doing this? I'm gonna I'm gonna I've had a couple drinks. Let's have some fun and see how it goes. And then your knee explodes. We all have our version of that, and that was yours. Lesson learned. Oh yeah. I'm sorry I made you yeah, panic yeah, a yeah. little bit with with busting you. No, no, it's <laughs> it's all it's all good. It's all good. I I do uh, uh, one one additional point of clarification. So I've 
been texting with my friend who I told you I would always shout out, who I went to, to Rutgers with, who, you know, who, who knew you in the, the, the current era. Um, she, she, she wants to make clear that like you told her that you guys were, were neighbors. It's not like she, she wants to make sure that you don't think she's a creep because I can, I can tell you she's not, but like, I just, I promised her I would clarify that to you. Um, and so I just want so to So this is that someone I know or someone I've met. So I, someone I've met in passing, I've been like, oh, I live near there. Cause I live near the town of Morristown. I don't live in Morristown. Yeah. 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 There. Yeah. Sorry. And I, you know, I, I don't, I didn't mean to, to, to be no, specific there. Yeah, you're thinking too hard about this. This is, uh, this is, uh, no, it's not someone, you know, it's someone you, you met in passing, probably like a show or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, now I've, I've fulfilled my, my promise to, uh, to, to the, the friend who shall not be named. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I appreciate it. I mean, I, I, tr- I truly do feel that like, or I, and I felt this way, like after I achieved, um, like my first, like amazing result for, for one of these criminal defense clients, which like, yeah, they were facing like, you know, the sentencing guidelines would have given them like nine years in prison. And like the government wanted, um, like three and a half years and, just really, really disproportionate to what they did. And, um, and, uh, you know, I got them like time served. So they didn't spend any additional days in prison. And, um, and, you know, I, I really like walking out of the courthouse that day, like I truly felt and still feel that like, if I retired like that second, like my entire career on my life would have been worth it. Right. Because like, this one, like, like, as a matter of fact, like this one person will be spending like less time behind bars than they otherwise would have, you know? Um, and to me, that was, to me, that was justice and other people might disagree, but you know, I really, I really, I really feel that. So, um, so, you know, that's really reaffirming. I really, I really appreciate that. But, uh, how, how much time do we have left here? We've got 21 minutes left and I just want to, I just want to reiterate to everybody. Everyone's got to find the thing they can do to help others. It's the only thing we can do is get hands on. But that doesn't always mean you need to jettison everything happening because that's not realistic, not for everybody, right? I don't think there's people who get to live a super heroic life in this world where everything's dedicated to the welfare of others. And that's beautiful. And those people are saints, but not everybody can do it. Don't beat yourself up. Sounds like you're doing pretty good. And I I have a feeling you're going to find that balance because you're also a Jersey guy. You're also a Jersey guy. So you're going to know when things are off in a way that's not tenable. You, you're going to know that. Yeah, man. I, you know, I, I, I was living in, like I, I said, I was, uh, I was in law school in, in California and, um, I, I liked it out there in a lot of ways, but I would come back to, to Jersey and I was like, there was always a sense of like, oh, right. This is home. You know what I mean? Like people are just, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little more gruff, a little more no nonsense. It's a little more like, yeah, what's your order? You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, I think, I think, I think coming up in that, uh, in that kind of environment, like you, you know, there's like a little bit more of like a hard nosed quality, I think. Um, so I take your point. Yeah. I take you, your point. You got to trust those, trust those Jersey instincts and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do come from like a, like a Kate May family. Like we didn't, I didn't grow up there, but like, that was like our short town. So it's not like, you know, I didn't, I didn't like truly, like I didn't rise from like, you know, the, the, the seasides or the wild woods of the world. No, no disrespect. <laughs> sure. Sure. But, uh, but now I really, now I'm, I'm really killing myself in the Facebook group, but, uh, but, uh, anyway, so yeah, no, I, 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 I totally hear you on that. Um, I totally hear you on that. Believe it or not, I actually have other like interests 
but you know, I'm not, I'm not sure where you want to go here. And we could take this, we could take this in a number of directions. I'm happy to follow your lead. Well, let's see. Um, you can tell me whether this, whether this, uh, jives with, uh, you know, with, with your impression thus far, but when I was, and I'm, I'm really giving shit away, but it's okay. When I was in law school, I spent like two years, um, co-writing and producing and acting in um comedy musicals which were like you know like two acts like like full full-on like musicals that were that like uh law students would like every year we'd like write a new one and like cast it produce it you know like uh, we, we put on a whole show for like several hundred people and uh you know i i i, I discovered then and like also in college and i did a little bit of acting that like a like doing like opening a show sort of like the greatest like legal high you can get but also um you know i, I really love like doing comedy and I, I hope hope i can sort of carve out time to do that at some point in the future but um you know the the experience of like you know doing the writing and the acting and all that all that stuff was um it was really some of the best the best times i've i've had um and uh and even that like i view it as in sort of like a, a similar vein just like you know, just make people's lives better. Bring, you know, just uh, bring joy to people. Law school is weird, man. Law school is a very strange thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is really weird. Like you, you'd spend your, you'd spend your day like, you know, reading, reading these really technical, like complex cases about like federal jurisdictional principles. Uh, and then, you know, you'd like leave class and, you know, we'd, we're all very type A, so we have like, you know, spreadsheets with like our rehearsal schedules and all this stuff. And we, you know, go to some like makeshift rehearsal space. And, um, you know, I would like put on a fake mustache and, you know, like act like I was Italian. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, it's, it's completely, it's a, it's a very odd place. It's a very odd place. But yeah. I guess that's what happens when you get a bunch of motivated type A people in, in one place who are kind of high strung and need to let out stress. Yeah. You get you're like yeah. You get all these type A people together, and then you stress them out for years. Because I and I've heard stories about these classes you have to take where like one person's going to talk with the professor the whole time, and you never know when it's going to be you. So be ready. That sounds like the most stressful thing in the world to me. It makes sense to me that law school people a party and b do sketch comedy musicals to blow off steam. Both both of those things track. <laughs> um yeah it was first of all it was it was not sketch it was all scripted but uh point taken um well sketch i know no, sketch would be written uh imp you're thinking improv oh i'm thinking of, i'm thinking of yeah 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 um uh, makes sense yeah but uh but yeah no it, it definitely it definitely tra there's, a, there's also a very significant overlap yeah between like those two components yeah, of, people. of course of course and then you know there's like a third group that like you know just never seem to release the stress but um uh <laughs> but yeah you know on on it's it's very weird to be like you know i put on a suit every day and i go into these like you know just like very sort of buttoned down horrible environment and then you know on a private youtube channel is like a video of me doing you know like a like a very like weirdly like sexy version of big papa that is like that has like very different lyrics um uh wait what hold on let's pause we're gonna pause there, there. There, there's a lot to me you're saying you have a private youtube channel where you do a vi uh, a parody version of 
No, the Notorious B.I.G. song. I love it when they call me Big Papa. Yeah, I just want to be clear. Like this was for and through like the musical. It's not like I just like sure. record these things and like no, put sure. them on a private YouTube channel sure. where no one can see like some character on like a serial killer movie. Yes, this um, <laughs> is not. You're not <laughs> sitting around doing this, posting private videos just to get your rocks off. These are recordings of your old performance. No, no, because that 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 situation kind of feels like Silence of the Lambs a little bit. Um, but, yeah. uh, but no, 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 this was, yeah, this is, this is just for, <laughs> for the, the musical. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of picked out, like we had like professors come to the show too. And I would just like pick out someone in the audience and like make them the subject of the song and just hope to God that they were not a professor, but you know, it's what it is. Man. I love that. And you want to get back to that life too. You want to get back to that comedy life someday as well. If I, if I can, like I always, uh, you know, I always like, you know, I always, I talk to, to, to friends and like a, you know, uh, and like, a, I don't know, the way that you always like talk about something that like you're always needing to do and like never get around to doing and everyone else tells you to do um, about, you know, putting together like, I think, what, what's the phrase? Like a tight five, you know what I mean? For an open mic uh, mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in New York. Um, but the condition, the, the one condition would be, I would absolutely not be able to have any of my friends at the show. It would have to be complete, complete strangers. Sure. Um, Cause you know, if I, if I, if I bomb, they can't, they can't know. Um, but I got to just like sit, you know, I, you know, I just got to like sit down and, and just do it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But uh, you know, if I don't do it, I can't fail. That's, that's a pretty good minor reasoning. I think. Now being that you've talked about doing some altruistic, you know, dedicating some, some time that you don't really have to help and defend people. You want to think about comedy. I like hearing about these things. I have a question. You may not be able to answer this. You may say, realistically, I cannot answer that question. On a scale of one to 10, one being the least evil, 10 being the most evil, how evil is the corporation that you are a lawyer for? <laughs> um, I'm going to not answer that question. Fair, fair, smart, because voices no, can be no, recognized. No. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some, there are some identifying details here. Yeah, you, you know, like yes, for admit. sure. There are some, there are some, some fairly specific things that probably would not broadly apply Listen, to most people. Yeah, not everybody has had a meniscus explode in missionary position. Okay, it's identifiable. So smart, smart of you to dodge that question. It was, uh, it was actually we were actually sorry, sorry, I just have to stop you there. We were, I think we were transitioning to cowgirl, but yeah, go ahead. So in the switch, yeah, that'll get you. That is rough on the knees. The switch from missionary to cowgirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all can agree. Listen, yeah, every listener out there can agree. Rough on the knees. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that qualifies as a as a sorry Sally moment, but I think it. I think it's on the borderline. Right. Yeah. She. I mean. Yeah. She gets it. I am struck thinking. You know, when you say someday you might want to go all altruistic. Someday you want to get that tight five together. Um. I will say I want to amend before when I was going on my big rant of saying, you know, you have you have been someone who's already started stepping up and helping. I will say if you do sense that you're working for an overall organization that does promote evil, that it is on you at some point to extricate yourself from the evil. And you sound like an accomplished, smart person who will be able to do that smartly within a few years whenever you decide that that strategy needs to be enacted. I'll also say that, that if you're if that's part of it something to think about there yeah no that's that's a that's a fair point um i i th i i thankfully haven't been any in any positions yet where you know i've really sort of felt like what i was doing was morally questionable um but you know hopefully hopefully that uh 
that never comes to pass. Um, I have worked, you know, it is, I, I have sort of like weirdly like appeared, like not by a name or anything, but like appeared like in the press or like been tweeted about. Um, and it's a very, it's a very weird experience. Thankfully, it wasn't for doing any evil thing, but, uh, you know, just part of the line of work, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I get it. Question I would be remiss if I never got to it. Have you made your mother yeah. happy? Have you found a nice Jewish girl yet? No. <laughs> I, you know, the thing, the thing is, the, <laughs> I, I, I feel like there, there's, there's a couple things I got to say here. Uh, first of all, the, the weird thing about that was like, she's never cared. Like, you know, like, or she, she, or at least she would profess to never have cared. Like whether, whether I meet the proverbial NJG, you know, Jewish girl. Um, mm -hmm. Weirdly enough, uh, like it's my it's my dad who's like much more there's like this weird kind of like gender role reversal in my like among my parents where like at least with, like with respect to this where my mom is just sort of like yeah you know like I'm sure you'll you'll you know you'll you'll find a way to be you know you'll find someone who makes you happy or if you want to be single that's fine just like be happy whatever do whatever you want to do uh, and my my dad is like you know, sort of the quintessential, like, Jewish grandma, like, you know, absolutely, like, on top of this stuff um, in a way that is, like, you know, basically, you know, comes from love, but is also, like, extremely overbearing. So, like, when you ask, <laughs> when you, uh, when you ask that question, um, totally reasonable uh, to, you know, frame it in terms of my mom, but actually, um, you know, since, since, uh, since D-Day back, you know, for, for, for my knee, um, the the, the pressure has actually been mostly on, uh, on the paternal side, but I will tell you, man, like dating in in New York is is pretty tough. Like I um uh you know I I'm obviously you're happy to be out of the game because you have you know like a, a lovely marriage and a, and a child, but like a little part of that also has to just be like relief of being out of the game, like in in New York City, because like the there's there's a duality of options, right? Like you if you go to have all these options, have like to have so many different kinds of people from all, you know, all shapes, sizes, walks of life, everything. Um, and everyone's like very, you know, highly educated and every, and all that, all that stuff. But at the same time, like, you know, and you, 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 you can go on a date with someone and you're like, yeah, it was pretty good, you know? And then you get on the subway and there are like six people who were like, just as if not more attractive. And you're like, maybe I could do better. And like, everyone is thinking that at all times, you know what I mean? So it gets very, it's uh, it, it gets pretty stressful out there. And I don't miss being single in New York. I had some streaks where I had a lot of fun, but more often I can say it's this, it, it is a very strange place where there's so many people moving at all times and so many people around you at all times. And being lonely in an environment where that's the case is not easy. Is not easy. Feeling lonely when you're on a subway car with literally 150 other human beings, but you feel lonely, it's a brutal loneliness. New York can give you a really brutal loneliness. Yeah. I, I kind of like, overall, I like the kind of anonymity in a crowd, you know? It's one of the things I really like about this place, but mm -hmm. it, it, there is, that, that is the other side of it, where like when you're, when you're down, you're real down. You see so many, you know, you see so many people like, you know, being, being happy and like, uh, you know, uh, in, in every aspect of your day. So yeah, I can, it can get, uh, it can get tough. By the way, I saw you, um, I saw you at Littlefield like earlier this year. Great, great show. Yeah. I think you're, you're, you're doing the following and stuff. Awesome stuff. I hung around outside to, to try to, um, meet you afterwards, but I think you very reasonably were more interested in, um, 
in uh, seeing your family. Uh, so uh, happy I could finally close the loop on that. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah, and Littlefield's having me back soon. So I'm always psyched to get out there. It's a great menu. And who knows, maybe next time I'll actually come out and say hi to people. But yeah, sometimes I get, um, sometimes I, I do, I get like very, I'm at a point in my life where sometimes I'm like, I just got to go home and see if I can watch a little TV with my wife before she goes to sleep. And I think that's okay at this age. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you know, I, um, I'm still, the, the, the good thing about being like a single guy in your late 20s is like, you know, I'm down for anything at basically all times, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll miss that. I'm sure I'll miss that when I'm, uh, when I'm gone from this era of my life, but like, I'm, I compul I'm just like, I'm incapable of saying no to stuff. So it's like, yeah, go to like, like Brooklyn for some random thing on like a Tuesday. Like, sure. I'm down. Like, I don't know what else I'm doing. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I miss that. So that is, that is a really nice privilege. Yeah. Oh, I miss that feeling. I remember, I remember feeling like that. It went deep into my thirties, deep into my thirties. I was like, I am ready to rock. And then I hate to say it cause it's a cliche, but once the kiddo was born, once Cal came around, I was like, man, I'm tired. And that kid's going to wake me up at seven. And also I like him a lot. I want to be at my best for him. I'm going to go, I'm going to go home. <laughs> I'm going to go home. My, I just, uh, you know, my, my version of, um, well, I, this, I was going to say my version of alleviating the loneliness, and then I realized that sounded unbelievably sad, and I do not – it's also like not accurate. But, um, but, uh, but I just um, started like fostering like a cat a couple days ago, um, and uh, it's, been, it's been, you know, it's not, a, it's not a human child, but like it is nice to like have something, you know, like fuzzy and loving to come home to at the, at the end of the day quite nice also i have i have like friends like i want to be clear like there are a lot of people in my life who i love and and uh and and you know lean on who lean on me but um but yeah the the, the fostering the cat experience has been has been um nice although she did poop in my sink this morning so i don't know what you're gonna do about that yeah that's not ideal that's not ideal no 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 i was gonna say like there's worse places but actually there's not too many that's where your dishes go that's that's the place where you need cleanliness that's pretty bad Oh, it was, it was, well, it was my bathroom sink. I should, I should okay. be clear. Um, yeah, so you brush your teeth. There. It could be, yeah. It great. could have been much worse. Yeah. yeah. It could, it could, it could be better. It could be worse. Yeah. 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 But yeah, you know, so things are, things are good. I, uh, I just want to say like, while I have this, I, well, I have like just a few minutes of a, of a public platform remaining. Three minutes left. I do. I do want to say the, I, I I don't believe that anyone actually thinks Central Jersey doesn't exist. And no, I think that's real. like, I realize there's, there, there, there's like a Taylor Ham pork roll divide. Totally understand that. That's also like, obviously it's Taylor Ham, but like everyone thinks Central Jersey exists. I've never met anyone who doesn't think Central Jersey exists. Uh, and so I think that's, I think that's like a, like an urban legend that got started somewhere. I, I, used, I used to think it didn't exist, but I've been thoroughly convinced otherwise at this point. I mean, when I went to Rutgers, Dude, I, you went to college in central Jersey. I, I, when I got, when I decided to go to Rutgers, I was mad that I was going to school in South Jersey. That was my view of it, but it's, I've, it's turned around. I get it. Central Jersey's real. It's also pretty lovely. It's really nice. It is. It's it laid, is. it's laid back and spacious and beautiful. It's great. Central Jersey's pretty great. I do also have to make sure I criticize you for rooting for Seton Hall basketball. Pretty unforgivable sin, in my opinion, um, especially now that Rutgers is good. But, you know, wow. I just, just got to say. 
Wow. Well, sorry I'm an Irish Catholic from Essex County, but some of us are, we got to deal with what we're born into. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, do you, I mean, it sounds like you, you like Rutgers in the same way you like Jersey, which is to say, like, it's got, its, you know, it's got its, its downsides, but you basically have a, 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 a loving view of it. Um, I, I loved it. It was, like the, it was the best experience of my life. Yeah. See, I was truly depressed. And I think it took me many years to realize that wasn't Rutgers University's fault. I was going to be depressed no matter where I was. I will say arriving on a campus with 40,000 people when you're a depressed 18 year old, it was kind of built for nobody to notice. And I think mm. all, all higher education had to get their act together with, you know, mental health and helping kids through it. And that was way after my time. So I'm sure it's better. Also, that football team brought in a lot of money and they fixed the place up. It looks nicer in New Brunswick now. You can walk from one end of George Street to the other now. You, it was not safe enough to do that when I went there. College Ave is spruced up. There's not as much construction as there used to be. Like it's, it's a nicer place now. So I didn't have a great time there, but I begrudgingly have some love for Rutgers. And, and at the very least, I know it was formative for me. And a lot of the chip on my shoulder that made me want to go out and fight for myself was a reaction to how I felt there. So it's layered. It's layered my feelings on that place. Well, um, you know, my, my college friend group and I were going back at like the end of this month to do, uh, to like to relive our, our glory days for, for, for one night. And uh, I'm, it'll, be, it'll be my first time back in like years. And I'm uh, curious to, I don't know whether I'll feel like, you know, like an old, you know, like an old man visiting his high school or whether it'll be, whether it'll, it'll be, uh, something else, but, uh, I'm stoked for it, but you know, that's all, that's all I wanted to, I, I wanted to get to. I did have to, I, the, the, the Seton Hall thing was a little bit of like a bee in my bonnet for the last like several years. I've been listening to this show. So now I, I get can, it. I can sleep easy tonight and, and, uh, uh you know, but I, I, I understand. I I'm understand. glad you stuck it to um, me now. And I, I, I can, and I, I can, I can report, uh, by the way, um, leg is totally healthy now. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm back at it, um, in all respects. And I have injured myself, um, in any way, uh, since Good. then. So cowgirls, no problem. Doggy style, no problem. We're feeling good in all positions now. Yeah. We're definitely like aware of, of, you know, of our body. Right. Um, you know, we're definitely like, you know, making sure to favor certain areas and not others. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a little bit of self-preservation instinct now, but you know, we're living life to the fullest, baby. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Well, great talking today. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you, Chris. Love you. You're doing a great thing here and it's so great to talk to you. Caller, thank you so much for calling. Thank you for sticking it to me about the Rutgers-Seton Hall rivalry. Thank you for sharing all of your stories. This show is produced by Anita Flores. It's engineered by Jared O'Connell. Our theme song is by Shell Shag. Go to chrisgetz.com if you want to know more about me. And wherever you're listening, there's a button that says subscribe or favorite or follow. When you hit that button, it helps us so much. So please, think about doing so. And hey, if you really like the show, best thing you can do, tell people about it. Share it with a friend. Word of mouth. That's the best advertising. Thanks so much, everybody. 